This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio, wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. Welcome in, everybody. It's the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. Greetings from the Smoothie King Center here on this Thursday morning, where the Pelicans homestand continues tonight with an intriguing game against the Sacramento Kings. I'm very much looking forward to it. Um, I don't have any answers for you at this hour as to whether or not Anthony Davis will be able to go. He's listed as doubtful right now, still coming back from the concussion suffered in the last game so we'll see um you know doubtful means doubtful that's exactly what it means i'm hoping hoping for good news tonight uh with regard to anthony davis perhaps named as a western conference all-star reserve the same would go for demarcus cousins on the sacramento side so there might be quite a buzz uh, pregame uh here at the smoothie king center with regard to some all-star selections and uh i i i don't envy the coaches um, in what they've uh, had to do as far as voting in the reserves because I think there's some really tough decisions, uh, not only in the West, but in the East as well. Uh, we're going to talk about that, I think, a little bit tonight on the Alvin Gentry radio show, and I'll share with you uh, kind of how our program will go for uh, tonight uh, a little bit later in our podcast. Here on this Thursday, though, we've got a couple of great guests for you. Uh, it, you know, with the uh, Pelicans hosting the Kings tonight, we want to do a little bit of a preview of that. And so we'll welcome in Grant Napier here shortly. Grant is the television voice of the Sacramento Kings. He's also a very popular radio uh, host out in Sacramento. And, heck, you've probably heard him a couple times filling in for Jim Rome on Jim Rome's uh, nationally syndicated radio program as he's served in that role as well. And then we're going to welcome in uh, Paul Verisco, executive director of Team Gleason and uh, a producer on the new film Gleason, which debuted at Sundance last week. Um, we've heard, you know, so much here locally about the, what that film is and um, and its impact out at the film festival in Park City, Utah. But many of us, uh, me included, have not been able to see the film yet. Uh, and there's uh, there's a reason why, and, and Paul will, will help us understand that here uh, shortly. And he wants to uh, share, obviously, what, what the film is all about and, and what it was like uh, for Steve and Michelle and, and all the folks at Team Gleason to be a part of Sundance last uh, week so uh, we're looking forward to that visit here uh, on today's black and blue report as well so we've got all-star on our mind we've got um, obviously tonight's basketball game and certainly the film gleason to talk about on this thursday i hope that you'll stay with us for the entirety we're going to take a quick break and when we come back we'll begin our preview of tonight's basketball game with the kings as grant napier slides in next Take flight with your New Orleans Pelicans on Saturday, January 30th at 6 when the Brooklyn Nets come to town. It's the year of the Mardi Gras uniform where the first 3,000 kids 13 and under receive a free Pelicans drawstring bag courtesy of Rouse's and gluten-free Cheerios. The Pelicans Fest pregame block party tips off the fun at 4.30 with live music, inflatable games for the kids, and more. Tickets start as low as $21. Visit pelicans.com to get your seats today. You owe it to yourself and your home to call Terminex. I'm Vincent Palumbo. Whether you need a lifetime termite damage guarantee or hassle-free pest control service, we do it all. And I'm Ed Martin, Terminex entomologist. We have developed a convenient pest control system where we're scheduled in your home only twice a year. We attack bugs outside where they live. 
Call 834-7330 for guaranteed control of any pests or termites. Terminix does it all. How much do you want to lose this year? 5, 10, 15 pounds? It's time to set your goal and go for it with the Smoothie King Change a Meal Challenge. Just change one meal a day with one of 20 delicious meal replacement smoothies, all under 400 calories per 20-ounce serving, and see how much you can lose. With flavors like pineapple mango, almond mocha, and more, it's easier than ever to reach for your goals. Take the Change a Meal Challenge, only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. Weight loss is based on a low-calorie diet and exercise program. Consult your physician before beginning any diet program. It's Pelicans game day. This is the Black and Blue Report. All right, tonight at the Smoothie King Center, as we mentioned, it's the Pelicans and the Sacramento Kings, a game that I'm very much looking forward to, no doubt about that. And we welcome back to the Black and Blue Report here on this Thursday, helping us to get ready for the the ball game tonight. And that would be the television voice of the Sacramento Kings, Grant Napier, who Many of you have also heard fill in for Jim Rome on a national basis. And Grant, welcome back to New Orleans. I hope our weather is going to treat you well today. Well, I'll tell you right now, uh, first of all, it's great to be back on with you. But when we uh, landed at about 7.30 and walked down the steps of the airplane, I thought we were in like Toronto or something. It was freezing here last night. So, uh, yeah, I'm definitely uh, warmed up a little bit today. Beautiful day. Uh, and I'm like you. I'm really looking forward to the game tonight. Yeah, I, I, in so many ways, and, and even if Anthony Davis is unable to go with a concussion, uh, there's something about the way that these two teams play and the way they play each other that we saw out at your place uh, that makes for entertaining basketball. I, I don't know, Grant, you tell me. I don't know if it's if there's a similarity in the styles or if, if, if there's some kind of a contrast that makes this all the more intriguing. Uh, I'll tell you, I think the Pelicans are a tough matchup for Sacramento. I, I, you know, we always look at – you know, standings, and we get caught up in, in, you know, who you're playing. I think a lot has to do with the style and matchups. And, you know, the Pelicans have been a really difficult matchup for Sacramento. I'm with you. And even though I know the Kings are probably hoping that Anthony Davis doesn't play, I'm actually hoping he does play. I, I love watching them just from a broadcaster's perspective. I mean, uh, I love watching talent on the floor, and I really enjoy what he did. But, you know, when the Pelicans, when you guys were in town a couple of weeks ago, you know, your team it was hitting on all cylinders. Anthony had missed two games in a row. He came back, and you all just steamrolled Sacramento. I mean, and Tyreek got hurt early in the game with his knee and didn't return. But, um, you know, it was like, wow. You know, I mean, I, I thought that was one of the best games your team has played this year based on the games that I've seen. And, you know, the Kings just really had no match. And I, I know Sacramento's been pointing at this game uh, because they felt that they didn't come out with the energy that was needed. But, I don't know what, you know, the Kings have had difficulty playing against teams that have guards that are able to get to the basket. And obviously the injury to Gordon will will change a little bit of that. But, you know, guards that are able to dribble drive and penetrate, you know, the Kings' defense, Sean, from the guard perspective, is not really good. Rajon Rondo is having a really tremendous year, but he's not what you would call a defensive stopper. Ben McLemore, not a defensive guy. Darren Collison not a defensive guy, and, and teams that have guards that are really able to get into the paint have given Sacramento problems. But yet the, the Kings give teams problems too. I mean, at, at, the, at the time of the last meeting between these two teams, Grant, I want to say that Sacramento's pace was even better than that of Golden State. Is that still the case, and, and are we just watching pure George Carl-type basketball here? Yeah, I mean, you really are watching pure George uh, Carl-type basketball here. I think the Kings actually, I think their pace actually hurts them sometimes because 
uh, the, the kids turn the ball over too much. And, and I think part of that is due to the pace. I think when you play at that pace, you're, you're more prone to making turnovers. And so um, that they do their, their pace is incredible. But, you know, that can also hurt you if you're turning the ball over, if you are uh, quick shooting the ball in a sense where your team is caught running one way and the other team is running by you going the other direction. So, um, you know, I would also say this. I think the Kings have played much better since that game. I mean, they've actually had a pretty good January. And so I'm, I'm, I think this game's going to be pretty close tonight. But, yeah, for the fans that are going to be listening, for the fans that are going to be watching, for the fans that are going to be at the game tonight, you know, the Kings get the ball and they go. There's no question about it. They get the ball and they go. We're talking about the standings in, in late January here on the Pelican side, um, obviously because it hasn't gone well, but yet there's some hope that they can get into a playoff chase here. Are the Kings, who are hovering right around that eighth spot, Grant, are they having any conversation whatsoever about their place in the jumbled-up Western Conference? They are, and I, I'm not a fan of that. I, I have a radio show every day in Sacramento uh, in the afternoon for four hours, and I tell fans when they call, and I go, I'm not talking about the playoffs until March 1st. I said, if the Kings are in the playoff hunt around March 1st, then I'll talk about it. The reality is that due to the fact that the West is down this year in the bottom tier, I mean, they're not down when you look at the Warriors and the Spurs but and the Thunder, but when you get around 7 and 8, it's an off year for the West. I mean, normally, if you were looking at the standings and you didn't know, you know which teams were in which conference, you would swear you're looking at the East when you're looking at the 7th and 8th. Here's what I know. The Kings are 20 and 25 right now. Uh, the fact that they are right there for the eighth spot, what a half game behind Portland, you know, to me, there's just way too much basketball left. Are the fans talking about it in Sacramento? Absolutely. Um, when I interview the players on my show, do they bring it up? They do bring it up. I, for one, think that you've got to be closer to 500 before you can, in earnest, really talk about the playoffs in earnest. I mean, there's just way too many games left. I think March 1st is the day that I like to circle to talk about the playoffs. I don't know what they're doing in New Orleans talking about the playoffs, but, you know, to me, if you're not close to 500, probably shouldn't be talking about the playoffs. That's just my own personal opinion and my own philosophy. Yeah, I, I agree with you um, in a lot of ways. Uh, and I also look at the same uh, the other side of the conversation, too, where as the Pelicans are in the middle of their longest homestand of the year, they're trying to make hay to, to be relevant when we even get Absolutely. to March yep. 1st. Um, yep. Hey, look, let, let me ask you this about DeMarcus Cousins. Uh, for a guy like me that only sees him in the flesh four times a year and then otherwise has to rely primarily on national coverage of Boogie, um, what don't I know about DeMarcus Cousins that someone like you who's with him nearly every day for six, seven months of the year could share with me? Well, I'll tell you, first of all, he is probably as compassionate and as um, giving off the court as, you know, any player that I've seen come through the pike in a long time. I mean, uh, you know, there was a tragedy in Sacramento uh, earlier in the fall where one of the local high school football players um, it was in a car with his teammates the night before a game. They were in the afternoon, or the, the afternoon before a game, I should say, and the player got shot, and um, DeMarcus you know, reached out and offered to pay uh, for the young man's funeral. And it got out in the public, and DeMarcus was upset. He didn't want it to get out in the public. He wasn't doing it for notoriety. He wasn't doing it because, you know, he wanted people to say how great he was. Um, 
he dresses up as Santa Claus every year and goes to a local Walmart and buys thousands of dollars worth of toys to hand out to young boys and girls. Um, you know, he's very giving that way. You know, he, you look at him on the court, you think, well, gee, he's a jerk, or, you know, he's just a bad guy, or, you know, he's just the opposite. I mean, he's really giving really um, uh, funny uh, jokes with his teammates all the time. It's kind of like a big teddy bear off the court, so to speak. He really is that way. But, you know, I don't know if a lot of fans know that about him, but, you know, he's not off the court. He's a different guy than he is what you see on the court. And on the court, he's a really good player. You know, I think he's going to be named to the all-star team today, um, which will be his second straight year that he's going to be on the all-star squad. I think there's a good chance he's going to be on Team USA this summer. I mean, so, you know, he's really, really good on the court, but he's very giving off court. I don't know if a lot of people know that about him. Yeah, no, I don't I don't think people do because, well, they don't dig deep enough, and that's, you know, that's, that's unfair. I think that it's certainly fair for him to be an all-star, but his numbers, I mean, they're off the charts. Um, they are, yep. Yeah, it, it, do you at times, and I do this as I as I do this as the, the home team announcer sometimes, you'll see a guy do something on the floor, and you'll kind of, you know, throw your hands in the air a little bit because you think it's, it's perhaps hurting the team, um, you know, whether it be a bonehead pass or something silly that he said that maybe he shouldn't have during the course or the heat of the action. Um, have you gotten over that with DeMarcus? Because that's that's kind of the demeanor that we see on the floor. Um, and certainly, look, his production overcomes all those things. But do you, because you like DeMarcus Cousins and because he is the player that he is, Grant, do you as the home team sometimes get frustrated with him because of those things? Oh, you know absolutely. I, you, you just yeah. asked a great question. I'll give you an example. The other night, the Kings were playing Charlotte. They ended up losing a double overtime. Uh, they were up by two at the end of regulation, and DeMarcus thought he was fouled on the defense on the offensive end of the floor. He was so upset, he ran after Kemba Walker and intentionally fouled him uh, hard as he was running across the midcourt line and you know, really did that so he could stop the play and yell at the referee, uh, Zach Zarber. And he had already received a technical earlier in the game, and Zach, for whatever reason, and I still don't know, did not kick him out of the game right there. He kind of walked away. Kemba went and made two free throws, and, you know, the Kings ended up losing in double overtime, and I was very critical of him. I said it was a stupid play. You know, I said on TV to my color partner, Jerry Reynolds, I said, Jerry, what on earth is DeMarcus thinking about there? What, what, a, what, what you know, just an absolutely terrible foul in this situation. So I don't give him a pass at all. If anything, I think I'm, you know, I go the other way with him because, you know, he's in his sixth year now. Those aren't plays that you should you shouldn't be seeing from a player in his sixth year. He still has the tendency, Sean, to do the the the, the stupid thing on the court. Uh, they're fewer and far between, but they will happen. Um, he's still not there yet in that aspect. Has he improved? Yeah, he's improved, but he's not there yet. He still has a ways to go. Yeah, uh, great answer. Good example. That's for sure. Uh, Rudy Gay, how's he doing? Is he okay to play tonight, or is he doubtful? No, he's not playing tonight. Uh, he, unfortunately, in that double overtime game, got hit in the eye uh, to a point where you know his eye ball was scratched. Uh, he missed the Portland game. He will not play tonight, and he's after tonight. We don't know about the game Saturday in Memphis, but uh, he will not play tonight. He's not even with the team. Gosh, a couple guys out for tonight's game, that's for sure. All right, yep. so with that being said, Grant, when you talk about either with B. Davis or – 
the Rudy Gay situation or the All-Star situation that comes about later today. Um, just give me a flavor of what you guys are going to open your broadcast with tonight as the Pelicans meet up with the Kings. Well, the first thing we're going to talk about is the game that was played in Sacramento just a couple of weeks ago where New Orleans came in there and literally embarrassed Sacramento. I mean, it was probably, along with the Philadelphia, you know, the Kings lost to Philadelphia on the very last game in 2015. Probably the worst performance, the worst loss that the Kings have had. So, you know, we're going to open up talking about, you know, that loss. We're going to reflect back on that game. Uh, obviously, we will talk about Anthony Davis. You know, whether he plays or whether he doesn't play will be part of our open. Uh, and, you know, we'll, we'll talk about the month that DeMarcus Cousins is having because by the time we get on the air, we'll know whether DeMarcus has been put on the All-Star team or not. So, you know, from a Sacramento perspective, we'll probably lead the TV open with DeMarcus. Uh, we'll get into the last game between these two teams, and then we'll talk about Anthony Davis, whether he's playing or whether he's not playing. So I think those are some of the things we'll hit on when the game starts. Um, but, I, I mean, I know that the Kings have talked about that performance against New Orleans, and they don't disrespect New Orleans. They don't think that New Orleans is not a good team. I mean, you know, DeMarcus said after the game, he goes, hey, listen, he goes, yeah, we were embarrassed, but, you know, this team was in the playoffs last year, and when they have all their players together, they're still one of the top teams in the West. You know, they won 45 games last year, and he said, so it's not like we lost to, you know, a bad team. We lost to a good team, but we still didn't bring it. And so I think DeMarcus is really looking forward to this game tonight because, you know, he, he talked about that loss after the game, and he said, hey, you know, we, we, we didn't have any energy tonight. We didn't have any effort. We, 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 we're really looking forward to playing this team again. So now the date's here. We're here. We'll see which team shows up from Sacramento's perspective. That always makes for a great night. Grant, as always, thanks for the insight. Look forward to seeing you over at the gym later, and uh, and we'll see what tonight brings us, you know? <laughs> always good being on with you, Sean. We'll see you over at the arena, and uh, you know, hopefully this will be a competitive game tonight. Yeah, that's what we're all hoping for. That's for sure. Grant Napier with us here from the Sacramento Kings television broadcast. He's the play-by-play man, and he'll be leading the way tonight on that broadcast back to uh, central, uh, northern central California. So with that, we'll take a break, and we'll continue in just a moment. outages turn your world upside down. You need to know when your power will come back on, and you want to know what happened. The fastest way to stay informed? Entergy text alerts. You'll get prompt updates on when your power will be restored and on what happened. You can even send a text to be sure your outage is being repaired. When the power is out, what's faster than calling? Texting. Sign up today at EntergyText.com. That's the power of people. Entergy. Trust isn't something that's easily built over video screens or with long-distance calls. That's why at Whitney Bank, we make it a priority to be here for you with more local branches offering face-to-face service. Whitney customers leave with more than a transaction receipt in hand. We listen to your goals and have what it takes to help you achieve them. Drop by today and ask about our new relationship checking packages with built-in personal identity security features. Whitney Bank, here today, here when you need us, here to build a future with you. Everything you need to know about the Saints and Pelicans is right here on the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. I'm sure, you know, obviously, if you're in New Orleans or even nationally, you've heard something about the new film Gleason, which uh, debuted last week at Sundance in Park City, Utah. And I I can't wait to see it myself. You know, I I will find a way to get my hands on this thing, and maybe Paul Verisco can help us out. Paul is joining us here, and, of course, he's the executive director of Team Gleason and, in fact, a producer on this film 
uh, that is uh, that is uh, causing so much stir uh, and invoking a, a wide range of emotion for one of our own and Steve Gleason. <clears throat> Paul, good morning. Good morning, Sean. How are you? When am I going to get? I'm doing great. When am I going to get to see this movie? That's a good question. You know, right now um, the uh, the agency that has uh, produced the film with us and is managing the uh, the buying offers is working very hard on on uh, on talking to all the people out there who are interested in buying and distributing the film. So we actually have to just wait till that happens, and then then we see where we can go with it. Obviously. Uh, we want to have some control if we can in the deal, and and uh, and if we can, if we do have that, we'll uh, certainly get it down here to play as soon as we can. Yeah, no doubt. You know, I think a lot of folks. Uh, well, look, most everybody listening to this podcast uh, is so familiar with Steve Gleason, what he means to our football team, and more importantly, our city, uh, and the impact that his life is having. So, in that sense, we know that aspect of the story. So when we talk about this film, uh, this documentary, if you will, um, what, are we, what, are we, what are we looking to, to cover here and, and what is being told in the film, Gleason? Well, here's what you have to understand. The uh, Clay and Seth, the uh, director and producer, had 1,300 hours of uh, video to look at. And from those hours, they had to pick what they thought was the most compelling story. Because uh, they, it ended up only about an hour and a half or an hour and fifty minutes, so that's a lot to cut. And this is a beautiful story about human relationships, love, uh, father-son is a is a big theme, and and generally it's all about humanity, how someone and people can get together and overcome adversities. Uh, that was that's the overall theme. It's a it's a true real real picture of what ALS does to someone and how it affects the family. Uh, that was a big takeaway, and that was one of our, our uh, missions, is to make sure that people are more aware of what ALS can do and, and what the disease is. But it actually overcame that, that, that part of it, and it got bigger and, and more of a human story about the love relationships, in particular the, the uh, father-son relationship. Paul, you know Steve Gleason just as good as anybody. Um, so what did you, I mean, what did you learn from the film or at least the experience of, of ALS and what it's meant for Steve and his family? Well, I, I don't know if you know, Sean, but I'm, <clears throat> I'm Michelle's dad, so I'm also in addition mm-hmm. to the executive director. I'm Steve's father-in-law. So I've, I've been with him since day one of this uh, relationship and, of course, with the disease. So it, it's just a struggle. I mean, it's a, it's a, um, it's a hard disease to live with, and the, the film depicts this greatly. Uh, I'll tell you, Warren, there wasn't a dry eye in the entire theater of all the showings. I, I heard a number of people, uh, in fact, uh, several men told me that they they um, had never cried in a, in, a, in a movie in their life like they did on this one. So uh, it, it's, a, it's very emotional. I mean, it's a, it's a struggle to live with. It's a struggle for Michelle to, to be the caretaker. Uh, and that's what is, is depicted in this film. Um, and, and in a real sense, and that was another... another um, comment uh, you see we've gotten some great reviews and uh, all of which are, are uh, not a little bit surprised but but they, they felt that they loved this film because michelle and steve you know although vulnerable they they expose their lives to the to these people and and uh, their scenes that are very personal but uh, we felt that the, the directors did they felt that this was important in telling the story so from my standpoint it's something that i've been living with so i know it but 
But to be out there in Sundance and see the reaction of people was really overwhelming and, and heartening because, uh, you know, I saw, too, that they related. They, they got it, and they, they felt emotionally attached to what, what, what Steve and Michelle are going through. You may have just answered my next question, Paul, but let me ask you this from the standpoint of being Steve's father-in-law. Speak for your daughter if you don't mind, but are you glad you did it? Are you glad you did the project? Because it is so personal. You know, um, I at this point, yes, but uh, you know, I don't know what's what's going to happen. I'll, I'll say this: if if um, by making this film. We, we as Team Gleason can help more people with ALS and raise the awareness and get more research and try to find a cure and get more help for the people who are uh, suffering with this disease, then uh, we will have filled part of our mission. Uh, you know, on the other side, you know, we don't know what, what will happen with it um, and, and the exposure and, and to the family, you know, from a, you know, uh, a, a commercial standpoint, uh, how it will affect uh, us down here. Uh, and, and I don't think that's going to have a bad effect, but uh, that's something that we have to consider. But, you know, it, it all remains to be seen. My, my gut is that, yes, we are glad. Yes, we are, we're so proud and, and excited about the, uh, the reaction so far. And our hope is that we get a buyer who will distribute it in the right way and, and, uh, and raise the awareness and, of course, uh, you know, raise some more funding for us so we can continue our mission. Yeah, I don't think that's going to be an issue, Paul. Let me ask you this on a lighter note too, because I love Park City, Utah, and uh, yeah. and not many get to get to go as a as a producer of a film in the Sundance Film Festival. So tell me as best you can what it was like to uh, to be a part of Sundance in Park City, Utah. Well, I'll tell you, it was, it was overwhelming. You know, first we had to adjust to the, the cold weather. It was uh, mm -hmm. you know in the twenties most of the time, snowed a bit uh, two days out of the four that I was there. Uh, but just to see the activity, uh, you know, I related to, to Mardi Gras time in, in New Orleans. Uh, so that, in a, in a sense, was, was, was good for us. We can, we can handle the crowds, the long wait, the traffic. We're used to it uh, is, uh, coming into our season right now. But, but, you know, as I stepped back and, and just realized that, that here we are, you know, it's what started as a journal for Rivers, the Sun, has now turned into a, a documentary that has, uh, you know, was rated uh, the one of the top four at one time of all that was shown out there. It's pretty overwhelming and, and exciting for us uh, to be in that uh, arena, to, to, to hear the comments, to see the people, how they responded was, was just just exciting for us. And uh, so it was a great experience. Um, and I know Steve and Michelle enjoyed it. Uh, Rivers got to ski a little bit. So uh, at, at four years old, of course, learning. But that was really exciting for Steve because he's out, such an outdoorsman. No doubt. Uh, real quick, as we get ready to finish up here, was there anything, Paul, that Steve shared with you during the visit out there that stays with you at this point? Something that he shared, whether it, it be through his messaging or just even uh, even an eye of an expression uh, that that led you to believe uh, that he was uh, in the moment, I guess is, is best I can say. You know, kind of almost, I don't want to say enjoying it, but also but taking it in and, as only Steve can do as his worldly experiences have gone. Uh, absolutely. I'll tell you, you know, Steve was reluctant to, to, uh, to go out there and, and, you know, again, it's, it's exposing his life in a real personal way. And, and they were a little bit nervous, both of them, but to see the, the response that the people had and the, and the emotion and the tears, 
I think uh, obviously showed him that what was created by him and directed by the other guys had an impact on these people's lives. They brought joy to him. So I, I could see a transformation of, of uh, being a little bit of afraid to, to see what was going to happen to a big smile and joy and very proud that, that uh, you know, not only are, are we going to raise awareness to ALS, but like I said earlier, this is a true human relationship that, that will transcend even the disease. It will show people that, that they, can, they can inspire other people, they can do things that they want to do, and uh, you just have to make up your mind to live life the right way, and Steve has chosen to do that, overcome adversity, and, and that's another lesson that hopefully people will take out of this film. It's important. I think that's the best way to put it. It's important. Um, and Paul, I agree with I really you. Appreciate, yeah, I really appreciate you sharing with us today. Uh, this was a real treat to have you on. Hey, look, there, there may be it's somebody out there. Yep, Paul, there may be somebody out there listening that um, is certainly in touch with the Steve Gleason story and what you all have been doing, but perhaps now wants to be a part of Steve's mission. How best can they do that at this point? Uh, I would say go on our website, uh, it's teambleason.org. Uh, lots of information there and how you can join and help and, and information to get in touch with us. So that's what I'd say first. Take a look at all the things we're doing, and uh, we love the help. We, we want to encourage people to get involved with us because we're, we believe we're doing some great things for the community. Paul Verisco, welcome back, and uh, thanks again for all your hard work and for the, for the time today. We look forward to, uh, we look forward to seeing pleasure. what happens next with this film. Yep. Thank you yep. so much. You got it. <laughs> what, a, what an okay. amazing story and a, and a great way to share with you on this Thursday. Back in a moment. The Harlem Globetrotters bring their 90th anniversary world tour to the Smoothie King Center for two shows Saturday, April 2nd. Witness some of the world's best athletes execute unbelievable feats of ball handling, trick shots, and comedy. It's the team's most epic tour in 90 years and a lifelong memory in the making. Score your tickets at Ticketmaster.com and don't miss your chance to get in on the action at the Smoothie King Center, Saturday, April 2nd at 2 and 7 p.m. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. Take flight with your New Orleans Pelicans on Saturday, January 30th at 6 when the Brooklyn Nets come to town. It's the year of the Mardi Gras uniform where the first 3,000 kids 13 and under receive a free Pelicans drawstring bag courtesy of Rouse's and gluten-free Cheerios. The Pelicans Fest pregame block party tips off the fun at 4.30 with live music, inflatable games for the kids, and more. Tickets start as low as $21. Visit pelicans.com to get your seats today. Punt, pass, kick, and dunk. Lob to the rim, alley-oop dunk, Anthony Davis. This is the Black and Blue Report. So we have a busy night of Pelicans basketball for you, especially on the radio side. The coverage will begin at 6 Central this evening on uh, 99.5 WRNO-FM. That's the local flagship uh, station of the Pelicans radio network in the metro New Orleans area. So for those of you here in the uh, metro, 
you'll be able to catch the Alvin Gentry Show, the weekly coaches show, starting again at 6 Central Time. If you're outside of that listening area, uh, you'll be able to catch that tomorrow on Pelicans.com. Alvin Gentry Show then leads into Pelicans warm-up with Daniel Salerson. That's at 6.30 Central and leads us up to network coverage of the Pelicans and Kings tonight at 7 o'clock, not only, of course, on the Pelicans radio network, but also available through your Pelicans app within the uh, designated listening area. There is television coverage tonight as well. Fox Sports New Orleans has that broadcast. Their coverage begins at 6.30 uh, with their uh, game broadcast, obviously, as well, um, starting at 7 p.m. And then uh, Pelicans OT on the radio to follow it. Daniel Sallerson jumps back into the studio here at the Smoothie King Center to take your calls and comments after what we hope is a Pelicans win and a march toward a, a great homestand, which will wrap up on the other side of this weekend. So thanks again to uh, to Grant Napier for being on our show today, and Paul Verisco too. Great story regarding the film Gleason. Uh, you know, we'll all be following that uh, as it progresses and becomes probably uh, widely distributed in, I wouldn't say the very near future, but certainly here in the near future. That's me, that's me hopefully uh, saying that out loud. Uh, tomorrow's program, we have a very big guest. Um, I hope that you'll join us for the Friday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Archie Manning will be with us tomorrow. Uh, very much looking forward to that. And Siku Smith from NBA TV, also on the Friday Black and Blue Report. We've got plenty of all-star to talk about. Um, knock on wood, hoping here, and it should be. I mean, come on, that Anthony Davis is named to yet another Western Conference all-star team. So, um, so we'll see you tomorrow, and uh, we'll hope that you have a great rest of your Thursday, and we'll also look forward to hopefully a Pelicans win tonight here at the Smoothie King Center. For all of us involved here at the Black and Blue Report, we say thank you, and, and we ask that you also help spread the word to those who uh, may not have found us yet and how easy it is to hear the Black and Blue Report, of course, available free on iTunes for anyone around the world and also worldwide at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com and easily, easily handled through your Pelicans app or your Saints app. No appointment radio. It's a podcast, so it's yours whenever and uh, wherever through those particular outlets. I'm Sean Kelly. We'll see you tonight on the radio. Otherwise, back here tomorrow on the Black and Blue Report. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report. We'll be right back.